Hey guys, welcome back to Bringing the Gospel to Life. Today is episode three, and we're going to do a little bit of follow-up from last time. So here comes the theme song, and then we'll come right back. So the real question is this. What does it take to make the gospel come to life? If you are struggling with what you believe, or if you do believe, but you want to feel the truth on a deeper level, or even if you're experienced in your faith and you want to deepen your relationship with Christ even further, what steps can all of us take to not just bring the gospel to life, but to cause the gospel to bring life into us? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Brian Robbins, and welcome to Bringing the Gospel to Life. Okay, so before we get started, I just want to thank everybody who's listened to the first two episodes. I know last time was a super long one, and if you honestly looked at episode two and you skipped it and then you came to this one, I totally understand because, you know, 50 minutes is a long time, uh, but if you want to really get the background and the and the vision as to why I feel how I feel about this topic, then you'll need to go back and listen to it, but if not, I just want to do a quick recap uh, for what we discussed last time, and then... Uh, I've actually been getting a lot of people who have been commenting and sharing what their thoughts were so so far. So today's episode is actually following up with a question that a few of you have had in regards to actually taking what we talked about last time and applying it. So we'll get there in a minute, but let's just do a quick recap. So last time we discussed how the real reason the gospel doesn't come to life for some people and they don't feel like they ever really experience it or, or they don't. I don't know, it doesn't bring life into them. It, they don't have the Spirit testified to them often. They don't. It's like random when the Spirit comes and talks to them. The, re- the main reason is always, always, always because the Spirit's not testifying to them enough. And that can be for a lot of reasons. Uh, but really, just, um, just to remind us, so the Spirit's main job is to always bear testimony of truth and of Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ. Um, and in so many gospel settings, Uh, We spend so much of our time sharing about opinions and talking about behaviors or talking about stories or talking about facts. And and when I say stories, I don't mean um, personal experiences because personal experiences are fantastic. They're they're how we take the truth of what the Spirit is testifying to us, and that will bring up natural experiences in our life. So, So that's fine. But as I said yesterday, it's one thing to talk about how a truth has impacted our lives and it's a totally other thing to share what are my thoughts and opinions about stuff right and uh so that's what i I called tier two yesterday and tier one is allowing the spirit to teach us and testify us about truth and about jesus christ and then sharing our own thoughts and experiences about how that impacts us is completely fine and, and important right um just the quick three tiers of learning really quick as well. So tier three is talking about things. Tier two is talking about ourselves, opinions, behaviors, and attitudes and how things relate to us. And one, like tier one learning, is allowing the spirit to testify to us about the Savior and principles and how those impact us and experiences we've had with that. And you'll notice as you go up those tiers, so tier three, tier two, tier one, um, each time you go a tier higher, the reason it's different is because it has a different potential to allow the spirit to teach us. So when we talk about things, there's, there's not much, um, room for the spirit to teach us about the savior or to testify of truth with tier two. There's a lot of potential simply because people are sharing their own experiences and from those experiences and their own thoughts, right? Truth can come out of that, but sometimes it doesn't. And so that's why with tier two, you're going to have mixed results. Um, and that's completely fine. And, but tier one's always pretty reliable, right? And uh, we'll, we'll spend some other episodes talking about how to make tier one happen more often. But for today, we're just kind of doing a follow-up from last time. Um, 
also don't don't take tier three tier two tier one as like me saying one is bad and one is not or one's more important than the other um really what what we're trying to say is that what we want to do is use the gospel and the different uh methods inside of it to connect our heavenly father for what they were made for and not misuse them so for so let me give you an example so my brother uh growing up he had this uh Japan, japanese uh magazine or uh Japanese comic book and um I I was a teenager I was young at some point and I said hey I want to borrow this and read it he's like okay sure go ahead and he gave me that Japanese comic book and I started reading it and this it was so boring and the story made no sense and it was completely lame and I didn't connect with it at all and so I went back to him I said this book stinks and he's like well how did you read it and I thought that was a really dumb question because I was like how do you read a book right and he's just like no, how did you read it? And I was like, like a normal book? And he says, well, did you read it from right to left? And I looked at him like he was crazy, and I was like, what? And he says, you, <laughs> no wonder the story stinks. Try starting from the back and going to the front and see what happens. So I started at the back of the book, and I didn't know this, but, you know, I didn't know at the time as a young kid that, like, uh, different cultures wrote their their books in different directions. And so uh, the Japanese comic book was written from right to left, not left to right. And so I was reading the story completely backwards. And I wasn't writing it the way that it was intended to be used. And so so with the gospel, it's the same thing, right? We can't take the scriptures, we can't take prayer, and we can't take covenants, and we can't take meetings they weren't intended for a tier two learning environment. They're, they're intended for a tier one to teach and testify about the savior and about truth and to allow the spirit to testify of us, um, of how that applies to us. Right. And so that's where, where most people struggle. Um, and again, these, these different tiers, they're not bad when the one's not worse than the other, but it's about having the right amount of each type of learning in each different setting. So for example, if you've ever been in a Sunday school lesson or a come follow me lesson or any other kind of lesson or a general conference talk or a, uh, if you've been at church and sacrament, um, if you haven't, if you've really been doing your best to learn and to pay attention, you know, if you're fulfilling your part as a role of the learner, but it still doesn't feel like the, the, um, content is really reaching you. Um, chances are just from what I've seen, it's not that there's bad learning going on. It's just that there's an in proportion amount of learning to how it probably should be. So we should definitely be spending most of our time on tier one learning, right? Discussing the savior, the goodness, um, what his atonement has done for our lives. And then using two tier three learning kind of as a, a method, a kind of a way to get to tier one learning and tier two learning is, is totally fine and applicable as long as we do it, not more than tier three, t- tier one learning. But what I find is, you know, I'd, I'd say we spend probably, oh, maybe 15% of our time on tier three learning and lessons, usually like 75% of our time really talking about our, our opinions and our experiences and then spending that last tiny amount of time talking about the savior. And, and that's why we, we see this struggle with so many people not connecting to the gospel. And so what I kind of want to focus on today is, um, if you have like a, like an imbalanced sandwich, for example, so, uh, it, let, let's say you have a sandwich, right? Usually you want to spread the right amount of ingredients across each part of the sandwich. So every time you take a bite, it's like, it's completely the same bite every time. But I don't know if you've ever had a sandwich, but it's been completely imbalanced. Like they put all the meat on one part or they put all the vegetables in one part. And so when you take a bite, you're just like, Ugh, like that, 
that doesn't taste great at all, right? And I think a lot of times our gospel experience is that way. It's just we have an imbalanced amount of learning. We do a lot of tier two and a lot of tier three, but not as much tier one. And so let's say you're in a situation where you or the people around you um, aren't really coming from the same frame of mind you are. Let's say you really want to focus on the Savior his atonement, his power, his resurrection, his everything that he's blessed you with and how he is blessing you and allowing that kind of learning to inspire you. Let's say you're with a group of people or you're with others who really like to focus on tier two learning. How do you um, still use the gospel in the correct way when everyone else is trying to, is kind of using it in an imbalanced way? And the reason I'm kind of sharing this topic is um, several of you from hearing episode number two, if when talking to you, that was your next question. You're like, okay, well, I want to do tier one learning as much as possible, but the people around me don't, or they haven't really been taught this concept and I don't want to like step on their toes. So how do we focus on the right type of learning when we are aware of this kind of paradigm without kind of stepping on others' toes, but also without, um, you know, trying to be snooty and saying, oh, we know the right way to learning because that's not what we're saying. But we can also see that the way the lesson's going or how other people are learning isn't really impacting them. So how can we be a a positive force for good without stepping on others' toes? I hope I explained that question well enough. Um, And to kind of answer that, I've kind of just got three stories I want to share real quick, and I think that'll be the answer. And then uh, we'll be done with this episode, and you guys will let me know what you think, and then we'll kind of move on from there. Um, So story number one, Uh, let's say you're in this situation. There was a talk given it's called Sharing the Gospel by Elder Robert C. Oaks. He's a member of the 70. This was given in the October 2000 General Conference. And he shares this analogy that is so perfect that kind of helps with this. He says, Consider that you are invited to a friend's house for breakfast. On the table, you see a large pitcher of freshly squeezed orange juice from which your host fills his glass, but he offers you none. Finally, you ask, Could I have a glass of orange juice? He replies, Oh, I am sorry. I was afraid you might not like orange juice, and I didn't want to offend you by offering you something you didn't desire. Now, that sounds absurd, but it is not too different from the way we hesitate to offer up something far sweeter than orange juice. So he kind of presents this paradigm, and uh, he's using this for missionary work, but I'm going to transition it to what we've been talking about. Let's say tier one learning is orange juice, but most people like to do tier two learning. Now, you may be sitting in gospel doctrine or Sunday school or a seminary classroom or with, with come follow me with your family. And you're worried about offering the orange juice because you're, you're afraid of taking over the lesson or causing, uh, I don't know, appearing holier than thou, I guess. I don't know. There's a lot of concerns why, why people would not want to do this. And I just kind of want you to think about this, for example, can you imagine if you were a teacher and you were leading a discussion and someone raised their hand and says, I'm sorry, could I, could I share a thought about how I see that this connects to the Savior? I can't imagine a single teacher that I know being upset about that. As a matter of fact, as a teacher, I'd throw everything away that I had and be like, yes, absolutely, you go. And then I would much rather as a teacher or as a facilitator take that comment and that connection and allow other and help others kind of reach that higher level of learning and then ask the rest of them oh my gosh isn't that amazing how do you all see that or how does that impact you right there there's no way if if offered correctly that that comment's going to come off inappropriate right that's going to be completely helpful um 
for example, so here's story number two. Let's imagine for a moment, let's pick a famous basketball player. Let's just pick Michael Jordan, right? Let's say um, Michael Jordan walks into a gym and there's a whole bunch of um, little kids in there playing basketball. Or or let's just say, you know, let's just say there's adults playing basketball. So people his same age. Now, obviously, he's going to look at them and see they don't play nearly as well as he does, right? And we can apply this to tier one and tier two learning. Let's say a tier per someone who kind of understands the balance walks into a, a a situation where all they're doing is tier two learning. You know, he could be tempted to be like really frustrated by the situation, let's say and really cite elders quorum, like it's a discussion completely based on opinion. Instead of getting frustrated, you know, what's Michael Jordan going to do? Is he going to go around and yell at all of them and be like, you guys are the worst, like you're not as good as me, we really should be doing it this way? I, I doubt it, honestly. I, what I can see him doing is just being like, okay, I understand that they're at their level and I'm at my level, so I'm just going to kind of play with them. And I might throw in a couple cool moves every once in a while just to kind of stir them up and get them to maybe kind of raise their game a little bit. But he's going to take them as they are. And I guess I don't know Michael Jordan at all, but let, let's just say some a really good coach is in this situation. You know, don't don't yell at them right don't be disappointed in how they're playing just like don't let that bother you just play the game with them and do your best to kind of raise their standards a little bit just by sharing and playing how you're going to play and I think we can take that exactly to a come follow me situation so let's say you're at home and you see all your family's doing is just talking about this stuff that's not really inspiring or it's not allowing the spirit to testify you know don't be upset at them for playing at the level they're at you know and it may not even be Um, that they're at that level all the time it might just be that day right there's nothing wrong with you just throwing in a little bit just to try to get them to raise to rise up just a little bit more right and so that's kind of how I've looked at it Um, I, I think that's been what's been helping me not to be frustrated if I'm in any of these situations realize whatever level of conversation is already happening you know just just help step up a little bit right? There's nothing wrong with that. And I think any teacher who's prepared a lesson has no problem with a participant doing that, right? And so to kind of set this whole thing in a frame of mind for you, I I have a story that actually happened with, with Mary and I that I think puts this in perfect perspective, at least it does for me. And so I hope it does for you. So I don't know, a long time ago, well, not a long time ago, a couple years ago, I don't know if you guys remember when Avengers Infinity War came out. And um, we went to the movie theater and this funny thing happened that describes us so perfectly that I think if we can take this approach, it will bless us so much. So um, I'm going to reveal some spoilers. If you haven't seen this yet, it's your fault because, you know, probably should have seen it right now by now. So don't, don't get mad at me if I spoil this for you. But as you know, at the end of Avengers Affinity War, uh, Thanos gets his gauntlet. He does the snap and 50% of people start to disappear from the earth, right? And... Um, I think it's actually the end credit scene, um, the the bonus scene at the end. So it goes back to New York, and uh, Nick Fury is walking around, and he's starting to see everyone disappear, and he notices that he starts to disappear. And so he reaches into his pocket and pulls out this, like, little box, and he, like, slams a button on it as he starts to disappear, and then he just kind of pops into exist- into non-existence, right? And so he dies. And then the camera zooms down on the little communicator and it looks at it and it just says sending, 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 and then it goes blank. And then the camera just kind of sits there for a moment. 
but then uh, this symbol appears on the communicator uh, with some with some colors and with an emblem on it. And it was so funny because the first time when we went to go see this, we were in the theater and it was just like sending, 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 dot, dot, dot. And it went blank. And then the emblem popped up and it was so funny because about, I don't know, maybe 80% of the crowd just kind of sat there. But I around the room, you could hear about 20% of the people go, oh, my gosh. And like they were like freaking out about this, this emblem that had popped up on the communicator. And everyone else was kind of looking around being like, what? Like, what, what was that? And uh, you saw a whole bunch of people lean over to the person sitting next to them and start like explaining what was going on. And then the person next to them was like, oh, cool. Now, if you don't know. Um, the emblem that popped up was the Captain Marvel emblem. And so it was like this hint that the movie makers were making that Captain Marvel was going to come into the Marvel universe at the time. Now, you know, about 20% of the audience caught it. 80% of them didn't. But you'll notice that the 80% of the people who did or who didn't, they 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 noticed that the other 20% had and so the people sitting right next to him like leaned over and they're like what tell me like what was so exciting and i think that we can take that same approach to any gospel learning situation let's say we're in a learning situation with other people and you're in the 20% and you see something that teaches you about the savior where you really connect to him and you're feeling the spirit and the spirit's testifying to you powerfully i would hope anyone who doesn't notice that would look at you and hopefully you know, you don't really notice spiritual moments as well, but let's say you're having an experience. I would hope someone would lean over to you and be like, oh my gosh, what are you learning that I haven't seen? And there's nothing wrong with leaning over and just being like, oh, you don't see this. This is so cool. Check this out. And boom. And you just share what, how the spirit's talking to you. And it's just like, cool. And then everyone gets to bask in this experience, right? And then a hundred percent of us get to experience what you're experiencing. Well, you know, in any church setting, let's even make it smaller. Maybe you're in a 1%, right? Maybe you're the only person who takes this lesson and really connects to the Savior through it. There's nothing wrong with you as the 1% raising your hand being like, look, I, like, I just have learned something so powerful I need to share with everyone. And I think everyone around you in the church saying they're going to be so supportive and be like, oh yeah, tell us. And when you tell them, they're going to be like, oh man, that's so cool. I'm so glad you shared that. And so um, I think that when we are in these situations where we're like, okay, people aren't coming from this same paradigm that I'm coming from. There's nothing wrong with that. Just just take the orange juice scenario, offer them your orange juice, and if they're not interested in it, don't stress about it, but I'm sure there's going to be someone out there who's going to want to hear what you're learning. And then as we start to do this over time, people who are learning this, as a culture of the church, this will continue to grow more and more and more to where our lessons and our communications and our prayers and our come follow me lessons become more balanced where they're more focused on the savior. And then we don't talk about behaviors and thoughts and opinions all the time, but instead, as we discuss how much he's impacting us, we're going to be inspired and the spirit's going to talk to us on an individual level, what behaviors we personally should take. Um, and then we'll have a more balanced discussion. So I hope that helps. I hope that helps anyone who struggles kind of with group learning settings in the church or even in your prayers or in your own scripture study, right? You just need to have a more balanced um, prayer or lesson for the Spirit to bear testimony to you. But if you're in a scenario where it's not balanced, there's nothing wrong with you offering a little bit more orange juice to the people around you. That, that can't be offensive. That There's nothing wrong with that. You're not putting yourself above others. We're just all as a whole coming closer to the Savior in you sharing what you're learning. So I hope that helps. Let me know. Um, 
you can uh, take a picture of this and share it on social media or send me a message on on Facebook or post on the Bringing the Gospel to Life page. Um, let, let me know what thoughts you're having, what follow-up topics you'd like on this, and we'll probably end that there. And I will see you guys tomorrow for episode four. Thanks.